This is More Than Conquerors with your Bible teacher, Pastor Ray Hagestilianos. As a teaching pastor for more than 35 years, Pastor Ray's heart and vision is simply to build up God's army, enabling them to stand strong in their faith. As the senior pastor at Living Word Christian Church in White Plains, New York, Pastor Ray will challenge you today to begin your walk in integrity and victory, forever changing your life as transformed by the power of God. More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. If as the Bible declares, God is no respecter of persons, why do the prayers and petitions of some get answered and some not? You avoid sin, read your Bible, regularly go to church, pray and think you know what faith is all about, yet everyone's prayers for breakthrough, except yours, seem to get answered. If you want to truly understand the system God has set up so your prayers get answered too, you need to hear all eight days of Pastor Ray's life-changing message in this third program of his series on faith entitled, This is What Can Make Your Faith Work. Declaring that faith without action is dead, Pastor lays out the groundwork for putting action to your faith in examples from the life of Abraham and his use of the faith system God had set up that earned him the title, the father of our faith. Here's today's unique lesson on what will make your faith work too. And I have to hold myself back sometimes because people come to me with their problems, you know, and they say, Pastor, you know, pray for me. And I, 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 yeah, I said, I'll pray for you. I'll do the best. You know, I don't say this. I'm thinking to myself because I'm thinking, <laughs> I'll do the best I can. I can pray. But your action is going to undo any prayer that I pray for you. Your action is going to undo because your faith needs, to, needs, needs action. And this is why, this is why, now, now, please, don't, don't stone me. Don't write me a letter. No emails. They're going in the garbage. They're going in the delete file. Listen to what I'm saying. Listen carefully. This is why we believe in praying for people. You know, we have prayer lines and all this, but you can't live and exist on a prayer line. You've got to learn how to believe God for yourself. You've got to learn how to use your faith by putting action with it and cause it to produce results in your life. Otherwise, you're on the sucky bottle, <laughs> sucking off everybody else's faith. And it, it might have some results, but it's not going to have lasting results because we can get you healed, we can get you blessed, but if you don't know how to maintain it, guess what, brother, sister? You're going to lose it as fast as you get it because your faith demands action on the Word of God. See, mommy can wash your clothes and you'll have clean clothes for today. But if mommy's not around tomorrow to wash them again, guess what? You ain't going to have clean clothes. You're going to be wearing dirty clothes and you're going to be stinking. You've got to learn to wash your own clothes so that you can always have clean clothes and you're not depending on mommy to clean your clothes for you. Come on. Am I getting my point across? So... Now, I like this part. Look at this. You know, we just read verse 18. Verse 19, it says, You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the de demons believe 
and tremble. In other words, you believe in one God, that's, that's, that's good. You get a gold star, but that ain't, that ain't good enough. Even the de demons believe that there's one God and tremble. So you can't just exist saying, I believe in God. If, if your faith is going to produce, then there has to be some activity. There has to be some action. See, that's why it's time for God's people to rise to their feet and to put action behind what they believe. I believe that God is my supplier. Therefore, I release into the kingdom of God as he requires the tithes to offerings. I believe that God is the one who's blessing and increasing my life. He's got my life in the palm of his hand. Therefore, I will give my life to the kingdom of God and to the work of the Lord because I know that he's going to make everything all right. But listen, don't stand here and tell me everything's going to be all right when you're not doing anything. Now, I know we say this, I say this, because we need to encourage one another, and that's scriptural, and we do that. But you can't, you can't go on thinking that you, everything is okay and there's no action or activity behind that faith because this is what James is addressing. And he was addressing it in that day and it needs to be addressed in this day because the same issue is, is, is happening in the church as we know it. Not this church in, per se, it is here I'm sure, but in, in the church uh, nationwide and even worldwide. People are existing. I believe in God. I'm going to heaven. That's it. I'm done. Finished. And there is no action behind their faith. And we wonder why our faith isn't producing. We wonder why we're not seeing results. Because you need action. It's like a person, you know, I mean, let me just give you a simple, simple example again. It's like a person saying, well, I'm believing God for a job. I believe in God for a job. I believe in God for a job. You know, I believe in God for increase. And then you don't go out and look for a job. <laughs> if you believe in God for a job, then put some action behind it. Go beat the pavement. Believe God and do something. Do what he says. Right? If you're believing for increase in your life, don't just walk out. I believe in God for increase. I believe in God for increase. But you're not giving in a way where you're believing God for increase. If you want increase, then you've got to increase your giving. Woo! Let's just tell the truth. Because we know the truth is going to set us free. Some of you will fly the coop because you don't like this kind of preaching, but that's all right. I'll preach to those who want to hear this stuff. Amen. I want to grow. I want to abound. I want to... I want to I want a profit. I want my life to be worth something and be meaningful, right? So he says, faith, uh, you know, you listen to any testimony that any person has, you will, you will always hear, listen, this because I always listen for this. What did they do that brought, you know, that testimony into, into reality or brought that testimony about? What was it? They had faith, but what was it that they did that was working with their faith that completed their faith and thus brought forth the desired result. Always listen, because in everybody's testimony, there's always something that they had to do in order to complete that faith and make that faith work and produce in their life. Always listen to that or for that. And um, so he gives them this, says, you believe there's one God, you do well, even the demons believe that. So just believing God alone 
is not the whole ball of wax. There's more to it. It takes faith, knowing, believing, and trusting in God, and corresponding action, which we derive from the Word of God, because the Word of God tells us how we should act in all things and what we should do in all things to create results. That's how you get your faith working in your life. You see, along the way, I've had to believe God for a lot of things, but I've had to have the action that went with it. If I didn't have the corresponding action, I wouldn't have had the results. And this is a problem. It was a problem then. It's still a problem in the church today. Many of you sitting here, your hearers, your listeners, your students, maybe, your believers of the word, but you're not acting on it. You're not doing it. You're not doing what you heard. I can prove it just through, 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 you know, through giving. I can just prove it that way. This is not a message on giving, but it, it fits, so I'll use it. I could go and I could check. I could look through giving stuff and talk about giving. And I'll tell you right there, you don't trust God. And I'll tell you why you don't trust God. Because you don't tithe. Because if you trusted God, if you trusted him, if you had faith, trust and obedience in in God, then tithing would be easy. That would be nothing. It's like, God, this is what you require. This is what you have. This is like my reasonable service to you. So we can, we can prove it, you know, just with that one little thing. And, 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 and we could just say, say, you can prove it through, through how people, how, how much people. See, and then for some people, they trust them in every area, but they won't trust them in that one. <laughs> I trust God. You talk about love, forgiveness. Oh, yeah, I try. And you talk about, as soon as you start talking about money, oh, well, now I know. Now you're getting, you're getting a little too personal. <laughs> Getting a little too close there, Pastor Ray. Because we'll trust God in every area, but we won't trust him for our finances. But if you want to see an increase, then you've got to put action behind the word. If you, don't, if, you don't, if you don't do what the word says, you can say you're trusting God, you're believing God, but the proof of you believing God is in the action that corresponds with what you're saying. So if you're saying you're believing God for an increase or, or you know, for finances, for whatever it is. If you're, not, if you're not doing what the Word says, then you're not, you're not activating your faith. And you're not proving your faith. And that's exactly what James is saying here. That faith demands action. That's what completes your faith. So let's keep reading. Do you want to know, O foolish man, verse 20, that faith without works is dead? And he gives another example. He says, was not Abraham our father justified by works or by action when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Now, you know the story about Abraham. He got a, uh, Sarah and he got pregnant when they were um, in there. She, uh, she, she was 90, he was 100. Let me tell you what. 100-year-old people, 90-year-old people do not give birth to children. 50-year-old people don't normally give birth to children. So this was the work of God. This was the hand of God. So Sarah, being 90, him being 100, give birth to a child by the promise of God. And Isaac now is being raised up. And God, because God is dealing in Abraham's life, because Abraham has a big part to play 
in the future things that God wants to do, the lineage of Jesus Christ and, and, the, and this, this blessing that we live in today and all of this stuff is connected and all goes back to Abraham. So God had a big work to do in Abraham's life. So God takes him and says, look, take your one and only son and sacrifice him on the altar at Mount Moriah. And Abraham, in obedience to God, takes his son Isaac and brings him up to the mountain, brings the wood, brings the fire, brings everything they need. And the son, he ties the son down and the son looks at him laying there saying, where's the sacrifice? He didn't know that he was the sacrifice or the intended sacrifice. And Abraham says, don't worry, son, God will provide. And Abraham takes his knife and he begins, you know, the downward thrust into his Isaac's chest and a voice comes and the angel appears and God says, stop, do not hurt the child. You've proven that you trust me. Now, you read into the New Testament in Hebrews and it says about Abraham in, in chapter 11 in the Hall of Faith, it says about Abraham that he reckoned, when God asked him to do this, that he reckoned that God could raise the dead. In other words, he had so much faith in God and trust in God that if God asked him to offer this child, that he also believed that God would raise him up and give him right back to him. And that's why Abraham is called the father of faith because he had unbelievable faith. And we can't believe God to pay our rent. We can't trust God to pay our tithes. We can't trust God with our life in all these other areas. And James uses Abraham as an example and says, now look at Abraham. And he says, do you see that faith was working together with his works or with his action? And by his works or action, faith was made perfect. In a better word, some of the translators use the word complete. So do you see that Abraham just didn't profess to have a belief in God? He didn't profess to have a faith in God, but he backed it up with his actions to the point where he was willing to give up his son, his only son, the promise that the father had given to him because he had faith enough to believe that even if he did sacrifice him, that God would raise him up and bring him right back from the dead. This is New Testament. This is where New Testament believers ought to be living. Not somewhere out here. Hallelujah. God loves me. I love him. Grace, grace, grace. I am fine. That's it. I don't have to do anything. Brothers, sisters, that is a very, very poor gospel that many of you maybe have swallowed. If you say you have faith, then you must have action which proves that faith. And it says in verse 23, and the scripture was fulfilled, which says Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. And verse 24 says, you see then 
a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? Verse 26. For as the body without spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Non-producing, destitute of power, dead, dead, dead. Faith demands action, activity to complete itself and to cause the desired and intended results that you have. Apart from that, faith will not operate. Faith will not produce anything. Let me give you, is anybody getting anything out of this this morning? Let me give you, I like, I like this um, in James, um, that verse 26, Weymouth's translation says it this way. I wrote it down. I want to read it to you. So also faith is lifeless if it is unaccompanied by obedience. Weymouth's translation. It is absolutely lifeless if it's unaccompanied by obedience. See, that's what God wants. He wants our obedience to the word. He wants us to obey the word. In other words, to live the word. To fashion and to build our lives after the word of God. That's what I labor in every week, trying to bring messages in a practical way so that you can learn to, or begin to learn or, or learn again or be reminded or wherever you are to put the word into operation in your life because that's what's going to activate your faith and start to produce results in your life. Apart from the activity or the action, your faith stands alone and is destitute. All right, let me just, let me just go through this real quick and then we'll, we'll be done. Um, In John's Gospel, chapter 9, I'll read it to you. You don't have to open to it, but John's Gospel, chapter 9, verse 1 through 7. And it says, Now, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? So they believed that there had to be a reason, there had to be a sin, whether it was the man's sin, and there's truth to this because sin does bring things upon us, or was it his parents' sin, uh, that, that brought this into his life. And this is what Jesus answers. And Jesus says, neither has nothing to do with his sin. It wasn't his sin or his, his parents' sin. Has absolutely nothing to do with neither this man's sin or his parents' sin. He said, um, he said but, let me just give you Pastor Ray's translation, all right? But since we're here, we have a great opportunity to show and to declare the works of God and that God might receive glory through this man's healing. So this is what Jesus does. So Jesus spits in the dirt and he creates mud. And listen, don't ever do this. And listen, if you ever do this, don't tell him you come to living word and don't tell him that I'm your pastor. He spits in the dirt and he makes mud and he puts it on the blind eyes guy, uh, on the blind eyes, the blind guy's eyes. And he said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam. And this is the next, and it says, which is trans, translated sent. But here is the next, next verse. So he went and washed and came back seeing. Now, let's just suppose that Jesus did this and the guy goes, yuck, that's disgusting. I don't want spittle on my eyes. And Jesus, I don't, why do I have to go to the pool of Siloam? Well, this is how a lot of you act. 
Well, I don't have to go to church every Sunday. Oh, let's not go there. Hallelujah. <laughs> Why do I have to help in the church? Whoa, we won't go there either. You see. So suppose the guy just, you know, just decided like, I, I don't want to go to the pool of Siloam. It's too far. I don't know how to get there. I mean, why do you put, why are you putting so much pressure on me? This is bond, This must be a bondage church. <laughs> Making the poor blind guy walk to the pool of Siloam. Why didn't you just heal him right there? If you're so good and you're, you're such a God of love, why don't you just do it right there? I don't know. Maybe because Jesus just wanted to see if he would put some action to his faith. So Jesus did that and said, go. And the man went. He simply did what Jesus told him to do. And guess what? He came back with results. He came back seeing. Likewise, if we would just do what Jesus says, we would go and come back with results in every area of our lives as well. But you see, the problem is that in, in, in a lot of Christians' lives, they will hear what Jesus says, but they won't go do what Jesus says. And if that man didn't go and do what Jesus told him, he would never come back seeing because Jesus demanded obedience. He demanded action. And if he didn't take that action, he would have never regained his sight. And thus kind of nails down my point that I'm trying to make here today that we hear what Jesus tells us from the word, what we ought to be doing. But if we don't do it, guess what? If we don't go do it, guess what? We ain't coming back with with nothing. You ain't coming back with nothing. You ain't coming back with anything good because you just won't do what Jesus tells you to do. So you see, brothers and sisters, faith without corresponding action, active zeal, a desire and a wanting to act upon what you have learned is dead, destitute of power, lifeless. Listen to all the words that we learned today. Produces nothing, profits nothing, has absolutely zero results. Faith, if it's going to produce in your life, demands action. You must act upon what you've heard. That's what produces the results. Not just I love Jesus, he loves me, and we're going to be together in heaven forever. Yeah, that may be true, that is true, absolutely. But if you want your life to prosper, your soul to prosper in this life, if you want to see the good things of God, if you want to see this word become a reality in your life, if you want your needs met, your body healed, your family blessed, if you want to see results in every area of your, your relationships blessed, blessed physically, blessed spiritually, blessed financially, blessed emotionally, blessed in every area of your life, then you've got to put action to the word that you hear. Otherwise, it's dead, dead, and dead. It produces nothing. Tune in again Monday afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors. If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry. 
Just mail your request with your check to More Than Conquerors or MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Be sure to include the date of the message you're requesting. If ordering a complete Bible study series, a minimum love offering of $20 is appreciated. Identify the series and include the word series in your order. Before we go, here's a final word from Pastor Ray. Hello, this is Pastor Ray. I wanted to take a moment from today's broadcast to tell you about a brand new book I've written that's just become available for purchase entitled Discouragement, Doubt, and Compromise. I wrote this book because of after more than 37 years of pastoring, I see too many Christians, both newly saved and those mature in their walk with God, fall victim to a device of the enemy that he has been using against God's people ever since the beginning of time. It's simply a threefold plan of discouragement, doubt, and compromise. I know this material will be a tremendous blessing to you in encouraging and stimulating your faith and helping you to truly be more than a conqueror. Why not go to my website right now and order your copy, PastorRayNY.com. Why not order a copy for a friend as well? That's PastorRayNY.com.